Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So again, ladies and gents, welcome back to Zero Dark Nerdy, our first live stream since the pandemic on Facebook Live. And we are excited to be back. This is your boy, Brian, a.k.a. El Nino. And today I am joined with... Jordan. No, a.k.a. Infamously. Again. No, a.k.a. Infamously. That's right. There we go. That's how it happens here. That's just that's just what she does. So, and that's why I love her for it. A.k.a. No, a.k.a. A.k.a. No, a.k.a. Jordan Hernandez. Right. Big shout-outs to our crew out there. Matthew, Jadon, Ryan... Uh, Jordan, Nicole, Tim, the whole entire Zero Dark Nerdy True, uh, Nerdy Crew, of course Elizabeth, Dennis, everybody out there. Thank you guys so much. Uh, a lot of you may not know this. We are getting ready to approach season six, year five of this incredibly crazy journey that has been Zero Dark Nerdy, and uh, I tell you, I'm so glad to be a part of this with with all of you, especially. Having my daughter on this episode, which this episode means a lot to us, you know, Ellie and Joel, even though they are not father and daughter, it is very much a father daughter story. Whether if you're playing the video game, watching the TV show, you see the, I don't want to say triumphs because there's not a lot of triumphs, a lot of tribulations, but you know, you, you see them bond throughout the video game and most importantly throughout the show as well. And, you know, a couple things that we want to state out there. First and foremost, you know, big thank you to all of you, our fans, our family, everybody just across across the world that supported us for, for the last five years. It's just been an incredible journey. And uh, it's, it's why I do what I do. You know, I have, a, I, have a, I have a nine to five and this is my five to nine. And this is um, everything to me and something that I can hopefully pass down to my daughter one day who is just crushing it and will be crushing it out in Hollywood one day. But as she chills and digresses, <laughs> she's humble. You know how humble she is. Uh, we do want to give a big shout out to a lot of our sponsors and friends out there. You know, first and foremost, the Believe Podcast Network uh, for, you know, having us on on their amazing podcast platform. Uh, BetOnline.ag for all your sports betting needs. Of course, Rabbit Comics. Big shout out to uh, Brandon and Melissa out there from Rabbit Comics. So make sure you check them out at rabbitcomics.com for exclusive variants as well as slabs. So Jordan, what are we going to be talking about today? I know I already hinted it a little bit, but you know, what's going to be the big thing? Like what have you and I been bonding about for the last few years now? I mean, the last of us, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the game. Um, I'm mostly the show, of course, more people have seen the show. Um, and that's why it's gotten so much hype recently. And so we're going to talk about the game and the show and how it relates, how it uh, goes in different directions and all our favorite moments and stuff like that. So, well, why don't we just go ahead and start us off while I pull up our live stream and see what questions will be coming in. While, while you're watching us, again, we're excited to be back. This is our first live stream since the pandemic, and that's when we were doing trivia. I believe at the time we were doing it once a week, and then we went down to once a month. So first live stream. So feel free to, to chime in with questions, comments, 
whatever you would like in, in terms of all things The Last of Us. I think we'll just kind of go ahead and start with uh, just our overall summary of how we feel about the first season of The Last of Us. And I'm going to shift that over to you. Um, I feel great about it. I think it's definitely the best video game adaptation I've seen. And I think that's a lot to do with, you know, the creators of the game um, or Neil Druckmann being directly involved with the adaptation of the show. Uh, it's great. It's pretty accurate. I mean, it, it is accurate. The Like any adaptation of any like book or um, video game or whatever, it can't get everything that the game has. Obviously, it can't have all of our favorite scenes and like fight scenes and stuff like that, but that's because it's an adaptation. Like we have mm. to move the story along. Right, um, right. So I really liked it and it's really nice to hear that people who also didn't play the game really love it. Um, I think that they should be really proud of that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with them, happy with the casting. Uh, I'm happy with the choices that they made creatively and um, yeah, I think I think in a lot of ways it's to me it's really perfect. So now I, I do want to know from you because you're not a Game of Thrones fan. I you know, I've don't, just never don't, seen don't it. judge her for I've it. Never, I've just She's never, never watched, watched it. it. Don't judge her for it. So you are not really familiar with Bella Ramsey, but what, what did you think about her take on Ellie and how she did on this show? Um, I loved it. Um, yeah, I never heard of or seen Bella Ramsey before the show, but I mean, to me, she's a great Ellie. I mean, she embodies Ellie kind of to a T the attitude and everything, the character, I think it's so ridiculous. I just have to like the people that immediately started to hate on her as soon as they said she was cast um, is insane to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, because a lot of people hate her and it's not because she's not a good performer. It's because of how she looks. And I'm right. like, you, your people who didn't play the games, but watch the show are not fake fans. The fake right. fans are people who hate the show because of the cast members and how they look or their sexual orientation, whatever, you're a fake fan. <laughs> like, yeah. cause she does the story complete justice. Yeah. It's about the story, not like all this irrelevant stuff, but I think she's great. She, I mean, I'm sure she's going to win Emmys for this role. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, for, for uh, those of us game of Thrones fans, you know, she, she was a, like a crowd favorite, especially the last couple seasons that we got her in. She, it's not that she was, you know, a character that was in every episode. She was in very limited episodes, but the episodes that she was in, she was powerful. And I think HBO saw that. HBO does a really good job of retaining a lot of talent, especially when it comes to, you know, quote unquote side characters. You see a lot of the same actors in a lot of HBO shows. And I think it's because they really do appreciate the talent that they have around them, whether if Hollywood appreciates it or not that they bring them back for more shows and more series. I mean, you can go all the way back to Sopranos, to, um, you know, Entourage, to everything else. You see a lot of these recurring actors, and I don't know if it's just something maybe contract-wise that HBO has where they're just smart. And, you know, we have this, this terminology where good help's hard to find, where HBO, to me, I think does a solid job of appreciating talent when they see it and just being like, hey, listen, we may not have something for you yet, but we may have something mm -hmm. for you here down the road. Yeah. And then Neil Druckmann, who created the game, who is now the president of Naughty Dog Studios, who created the game as well as he worked on 
uh, Uncharted and, and a few other uh, video game articles as well. You know, he, his whole thing was, and Jordan and I were talking about this before the show, and you can see it when they do the, there's actually a 30-minute episode of The Last of Us. It's all behind the scenes. And it was the voice actors. The making of The Last the, of the Us. The making of The Last of Us. Called. Exactly. The voice actors, in particular, the actor who played Joel, who's also in the show briefly, he talked about, well, I don't, I don't know why we should do this. Like, you know, it's already a beautiful game. It's already a beautiful story in the game. Why should we do this? And Neil Druckmann was 100% right. He said, there's people out there that will never, ever pick up a PlayStation or just a video game remote control and this story needs to be told. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. You know, I mean, go like kind of piggybacking off of what you said. You know, my thing is, was there a lot of action in this in this first season? No, there wasn't. When there was, it was awesome. In particular, episode five, we'll get into that in a little bit. But they really wanted to fill in the gaps on a lot of the storyline that the video game didn't have. Yeah, the show does a, the video game itself does a really good job of, it's such a human story, like, a, it does a great job at storytelling, and so the show, I think, for me personally, did an even better job at making the relationship between Joel and Ellie more tangible, like, believable, like, right. the father-daughter dynamic, because when I played the game, I believed it, but it just didn't really, like, I don't know, it just didn't, like, get me as much as to where when I watch the show and I see how they've built up Joel and Ellie's relationship and I don't know, I just think I felt it, like I felt it more when Joel made the decision he did to save Ellie. Like I felt like when I watched the show, I, I had a better understanding of why he did that just because right. they built the relationship so well. Right. Um, and I, I just, I was like, because that's the core of the show is like a, a debate about like, or I guess, you know, saving your loved one, saving the people you love mm -hmm. versus potentially saving the world. Yep. Um, and like, there's, they're equally the, at the end of the day, they're equally important sides, whichever side you're on, or if, yeah, I mean, you're in the middle. I mean, I'm in the middle because I understand, I feel like I understand both sides. Um, I don't know. The show does a really good job at making you think about the repercussions of both sides of if you choose to save your daughter or if you choose to save the world because there's questions with both like okay if you choose to save if if joel chose to uh sacrifice ellie for the cure okay but who gets the cure how much time is it going to take what about all the other infected that are still out in the world right it, like it, will it even will sacrificing ellie actually provide a cure at all even yep. though they really really think it would yeah, there's still not like 100 percent certainty. And, and, you know, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because that's 100 percent true. Because say the quarantine zone found the cure first. Does that yeah. automatically mean that everybody gets a cure? You know, or is it going to be just kind of how things are in our current government to where, hey, if you have money, you're going to get, you know, support for all this yeah. stuff to where if you're broke, you don't get this. And then same thing with the fireflies, too. It's like, OK, well, maybe our, only our people get the cure and right. everybody the else fireflies uh support a certain cause so they're not i just don't i don't find it very believable that they would be super willing to distribute the um no why would the fireflies the get that and then go out and save the people that work in the qz yeah. that they've been blowing up and, and and firing guns at for years on end 
Yeah, it's like, it's just a big moral debate. That's what the whole show's about. That's what the first game's about. That's what the second game's about. It's still about the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's like when you're in an, apoc- an apocalypse, everybody on the planet is going through day-to-day trauma Yeah. because they're in an apocalypse. But then you add the like personal trauma that would exist outside of apocalypse, such as losing a loved one, mm-hmm. this and that. It's like, you can't, you can't possibly be like, oh, I would have never, I would have never not sacrificed Ellie or I, or I would have this or that. Like you just, right. it's infathom, it's unfathomable. Like right. the, the amount of trauma these people, these characters like yeah. are enduring is. Yeah. Uh, and you're a hundred percent right. She, he doesn't know what they're going to do with it. He wants to save her because she would have had to die to sacrifice herself for all of us to live if that was the original plan to begin with in the first place. Yeah. You just have to think if you've lost everything in an apocalypse, you have to hold on to like whatever little you have. So Joel's already lost his daughter and he doesn't, I think losing Ellie would just, I mean. It would have crushed him. Yeah. Well, the show, an addition the show made that was not in the game, at least directly or anything I could perceive in the game was um, the part where uh, he kind of has a real conversation with Ellie for like the first time and is pretty vulnerable. And he's like, he basically tells her that like, if you didn't come around, like I would have, like I, Oh, he, he tried to kill himself. Where he got the scar. Yeah. Which I did not know. That was not, that's not in the game is that he. And I was going to ask you if that was in the game. No, I, at least I don't think so unless it was. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. But when his daughter died, he tried to kill himself because he was like, I don't, there's nothing else to live for. And so, mm-hmm. and then he basically tells Ellie, like you've, You've given me, like, a purpose, like, something to, like, keep going for. Which led to a beautiful scene, which, when we watched the the behind-the-scenes of The Last of Us, where she got to meet the giraffe, and she actually got to meet the giraffe in real life. Yeah. And this is, of course, after the, the cannibals and all that, and, you know, he calls her baby girl for the first time. You know, you see this just progression of two people that are, like, fuck it, we're stuck together. Like, we just have to make it to, hey, I, I don't want to live without you, and I don't want you to live without me. Right. And that's the progression of the show, which I think Neil Druckmann, and I cannot remember the, the his other name, but he was the one that did um, Chernobyl, uh, just did a fantastic job of showing. Like, you know, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, as far as my summer, yes, there's not a ton of action. You're not getting a lot of the infected. You're not getting a lot of what the first game has to offer. And I get the frustration out there for fans because of that. But at the same time, this is something completely different, though. It's showing you more the story of how people can survive through this. This isn't an, this isn't an action story. This isn't Die Hard, The Last of Us. You know what I mean? It's It's showing us how people can have hope and, you know, not just Joel and Ellie, but we're, you know, we're talking, we're, we're going to get to some other characters here in a little bit, but have hope for something else. And then you see how they can open up and be more than what they are. Cause I mean, they go through some devastating things. I mean, the, the epilogue, um, not epilogue, uh, just the monologue, I'm sorry, with, with Ellie where, Joel tells her, listen, you're better off with my brother. And she's just like, fuck you. Like everybody else in my life has either died or left me. And now you're leaving me. Like I felt that scene, felt it. And I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this show, which is why it's so well-directed. It's so well-written. 
it's just so well shot. It's just a beautiful, beautiful show where if you can just, you know, take out, especially for our hardcore gamers out there, like take out the video game for a couple seconds and just try to focus on just more of the story that the video game wasn't able to tell us, you will appreciate it. You know? My favorite episode was, I think it's the fifth one with Henry and Sam. That episode, because it gave you everything, everything that you could want from the show if you were also uh, playing the game. It had the most action, at least I think it did. Yeah, it had the most action. It shows you the bloater for the first time, which is not when the bloater, you first see a bloater in the game, but I didn't care because it was so awesome. Um, it gave me full body chills to see it coming out of the ground with the horde. I loved that. So it gave me the action that I was really wanting to see from the game. Uh, and the sniper scene as well, which is happening at the same time. Uh, and then that was also the Henry and Sam episode, and that was a really nice, or I mean, not nice, but it was a really beautiful part side story in The Last of Us. So it also gave the the amazing human tangible aspect of, that The Last of Us has that not a lot of um, other video games do. Um, like Henry and Sam's, they're part of the story, and the show just made it so they just really rip your heart out of your chest, which it does in the game, but the show just, I mean, it just, they did what they needed to do. And I really, I, I had no choice but to love it for that. Like it, they did a wonderful job storytelling. Um, this isn't your typical zombie apocalypse movie or show or show or movie. It's, it's, it's like my dad said, it's a, it's a human story. So it's telling you like how people react and would act when you're actually living with, mm -hmm. like, when you're trying to keep your loved ones safe and your friends and family, um, it wouldn't just all be guns blazing the whole time and no. um, unless it's for them. Well, it might be <laughs> like, in South Carolina, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love you, SC. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these shows, if it's just about just shooting down the infected zombies, whatever it may be, it just gets old at the end of the day. It does. We've, we've done this. We've, we've been there. We've seen it all. Yeah. And I, I just think this show is about so much more than that. And it has been, and then you have incredible characters in there. And then just the way they put in those, those little, not so much twists, you know what I mean? But I love the fact that this was played by a deaf actor and he was, and he, you know, he is deaf and it just made it just, uh, you know, I think, even if I would have gotten that far in the video game, which I hadn't, I think I still would have appreciated it more. Mm -hmm. Like, did you appreciate it more that he was deaf after you already knew what was going to happen and everything? Um, I think I appreciated it equally. It was just, I don't, I've said it a billion times. The, the show was just wonderful at like, like getting you attached to characters and the relationships that they have and like what they fought to keep mm -hmm. the lengths that they've gone to save the very little that they have left. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think obviously it did. It was more touching because what, what the actor was able to do without, without verbal words, yeah. of course, yeah. with words, but without verbal words. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. That's definitely one of the reasons why I like, that's my favorite episode um, gotcha. is Henry and Sam and, the way they built up Sam and Ellie's relationship was really cute and yeah. made it even more hard. Especially more on the comic book side too. Yeah. They, they made it even more hard to see yeah. that happen. And 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, cause my daughter was here. So when I was watching that episode, I had no idea what was going to happen next. So she's like one of those people that have watched game of Thrones and it's a red wedding episode and they've read the book and they're just looking over at you like, Oh, I think this is going to end well. And they just look over at you just like the new gif with uh, Nicholas cage and Pedro. It's like, yeah, it's going to end well. If you think it's going to end well in the last of us, (laughs) I don't have a lot of good news for you. So in the summary, that I have, I think it's important to like educate people on this in case you did not watch the show or, you know, did not maybe notice this. The intro to the show is incredibly important because this is actually like a real thing. I'm not saying that this is going to happen to people. Hopefully not. But, you know, ants and spiders have been taken over by fungi. Cordyceps. Quadriceps, however you say it. Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Quadriceps, quadriceps for yeah, <laughs> for many, many a millennia now, and the only reason is not converted over to that happening to humans is because we have our body temperature is too high, and I think the very first scene of the first episode where they're having that interview in that seventies format, and the one guy's talking about you know airborne contaminants mm-hmm. in this at any other, like the other stuff that we normally see in every other, you know, zombie movie, right? It's going to be airborne or, or just bites in this at any other. It's the other guy that's like, actually, you know, how do you say it? It's, you say it's global warming? No, no, no. Or what? Cordyceps. Cordyceps. There it is. Yeah. I did not want to say quadriceps again. Cordyceps. Cordyceps that are the most fearful thing because they can inhabit an insect's brain and they have, and then the insects go into their hive or swarm, whatever it may be, and take over the entire thing. And the only reason they haven't done that to humans is because it hasn't been warm enough. And here we are 40 years later, global warming. And even if you watch the making of The Last of Us, they say this could possibly maybe happen one day. Hopefully not. It's not we don't want it it's to. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. But it... But scientifically, like, this is this a pretty This is how it would happen. How it would happen. And, you know, it, this is the most, using the fungus and the cordyceps is, is how we humanize zombies happening. Correct. Because, I mean, when we're dead and buried, we're overtaken by fungus. Like, it's just, uh, we are connected to the earth. Mm-hmm. So it definitely makes, that's another human aspect of this show is the, the science behind it. Because <laughs> yep. they researched and... Um, I mean, in the show, they show, they kind of give hints at that, like it got into like flour and like making food. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of when the outbreak started because. um, I mean, the very first episode, he wanted They dodge a bullet. Yeah. She, the daughter wanted to make pancakes for Joel's birthday or something. And he's like, I forgot. uh, I forgot the cake and this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see the neighbor getting fed biscuits. Yeah, she's making cookies and she mm-hmm. offers Sarah, Joel's daughter, one. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And then you go back later and she's seen the first one that Sarah sees infected. Um, the, the old lady, <laughs> like the wheels, the wheelchair. Um, and so it spread through flour and food and industrial like kind of pipelines. So yeah. if this ever were to happen, this is how. But I, I mean, 
I don't want people to worry. It's not going to happen. I don't think it'll happen. Everybody's going keto. Yeah. <laughs> Starting tomorrow, everyone listening to this episode is going straight protein all the time. No flour. You know, I can tell you right now, just getting into The Last of Us video game, I was hooked from the first episode, not even knowing what was going to happen next. And it's very rare for a show to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other person in charge i can't think of his name right now but the one um that was helping him out that did chernobyl you know four episode arc that was heartbreaking but also phenomenal at the same time so you know kudos to the team out there from naughty dog and, and hbo max and hbo for for doing what they did because i mean it's it's a beautiful show i mean it's it's well written it's well acted it's it's well, everything. I mean, I can't sit there and point out like, oh my gosh, they messed this part up or this person has a fat suit on. Like, it's just great. And if you enjoy great television, watch it. If you've beaten the game and you have some gripes, I get it. It happens. All right. It happens to people that read a book and they watch a movie and they're like, yeah, well, it's not the same as a book. This wasn't intended to be the same as The Last of Us Part One video game. Was no, There was no intention in doing that. That's why they did this. So give yourself, do yourself a favor and just give it a rewatch without thinking about the video game. The creators, I'm sure, expected backlash for this of and course. that because it's such a popular game and it's such a popular show. It was immediately such a popular show. You're going to get hypercriticism always. I mean, d- doing an HBO show based off a super popular game. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen, but really, the, it's really not that different. It, yeah. it, the the differences people are focusing on are so irrelevant. It's oh, it's insane. so minuscule. Like it, it, it's like, oh, this person's not black in the game. Oh, this person's yeah. not, what this isn't. It's like, who? none of these are really like intricate to the story. Um, it's like representational um, elements that really just add depth, if anything. All right, so last but not least, what are your predictions or just kind of like wish list for, for season two of this show. And then um, last but definitely not least, who do you think is going to play? Abby. Abby. Um, if if we get to her in season two. We, we, we will. Okay. It's I'm pretty sure it's confirmed season two is going to, not going to cover the entire Last of Us 2 game. Last of Us 2 is twice as long. Mm-hmm. The story is even more insane I mean, it's a hundred to me. It's way harder than the first one. Like, there's a lot going I'm watching, on. I'm watching her play. It trust me. It looks hard as hell. Um, <laughs> but also, nobody in the comments say anything about Abby or who she is because my dad has no idea. And please don't ruin it. <laughs> please don't ruin it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Th- um, I'm not that far yet. So I don't want those spoilers yet. I'm just asking her who she who she thinks should play Abby. I'm just gonna hop on the bandwagon. At least the, what I've seen on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an actress named Shannon Barry who was in a show called The Wilds. Uh, I don't know what else she was in. I just, I watched a little bit of that with my mom and she's in it. And she, I mean, physically she looks like her. Um, she was great in that show. I feel like her mannerisms and her mannerisms and I mean, she's, she was great in the show. So I think I'm on board with it if everybody else Mm -hmm. is, but I'm, I'm definitely open to I trust the creators fully with what they've done already. So if it's not her, I'm not going to be heartbroken also because I haven't seen her in a lot. I just think she was pretty good in the wilds and um, she'd be a good 
I think physical adaptation of Abby, um, even though <laughs> no one I've seen in real life is as jacked as Abby. <laughs> They're going to be going through a rigorous workout routine unless uh, they just don't. I mean, but it, it, they have to because, I mean, Abby uses her her strength a lot in the game. Yeah. Like she can just punch a runner and they're done. <laughs> it, it's out. KO. I, I can vouch for um, this. I thought she was kidding. As I was watching her play the other day, it was a scene to where they get back somewhere and she, and she was like, dad, I'm telling you like when she doesn't have the jacket on, she's jacked and she's wearing a tank top. I was like, awesome. Oh my goodness. Look at that gun show going on over there. The annoying fan base that exists right now <laughs> about, Oh, this and that and whatever. They're going to be five times more annoying for this next season because of the enormous debate around basically Team Ellie or Team Abby. Mm. Uh, the people who really want to pick a team and like are really stubborn about are just you're missing. You're missing the whole point of the story um, is about perceptivity. Like I don't know, whatever someone does in this universe affects another person's mm -hmm. life somehow. Um, now, do, are people not, like this in the game? Like, are what? people Team Abby and Team Ellie in the game, too? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, because oh, of the game. Okay, like, okay. you're playing back and forth as Ellie, then you do Abby. Yeah. Ellie, Abby. Gotcha. Because of something. But they're parallels of each, whatever. I can't say too much. I cannot say too much <laughs> about We didn't it. want to go all the spoilers. But it's going to be, the controversy is going to be enormous, because everybody's going to want to, like, pick a team or, like, vouch for Ellie until they die, not like not wanting to see Abby's side. Um, like even I didn't like playing as Abby as at first. I'm like, I just want to get back to Ellie, but I'm starting to like it more because they're humanizing her, which is what this show is all about. They're humanizing everybody's decisions. Like nobody's nobody. There is no perfect decision to be made in the apocalypse world. There's no right answer. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a big thing yeah. is that there is no right answer. Cause even with the end of this episode, which is, as you were saying, basically the end of the first game. It's exactly the end of the first you game. You know what I mean? It's, oh, well, I can't believe that he would do this and this and the other. But at the end of the day, there is no right answer because you don't know if she, let's just say Ellie was the cure for all this, what the people with the cure were going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Unless you are that person, unless you are the actual physical doctor that's going to do this, which is impossible, especially if it's a loved one. I'd be like, well, you know, I guess we're all fucked because I'm not going to kill my daughter <laughs> to save the rest of society, you know, and I know there's books and movies made about that, but, you know, at the end of the day, who are we to sit here and judge people that would never, will hopefully never be like we, that we would never be in their shoes, yeah. plain and simple. So, I mean, it's easy to judge from the outside, like, ah, oh, well, well, that's an easy choice to make. You you kill this one person, everybody else survives. Yeah. I'll that doesn't just, guarantee survival for everybody else. Like the, me and my friend Juan were talking about this because he also played both games. He's a huge mm. fan. Um, Big shout out to Juan, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for staying over and um, messing up my place. <laughs> um, Abby, the, the, both the, like, face actor who who did Abby in the game mm -hmm. and the voice actor both have received tons of hate mail, like death threat hate mail because of how much people want to, I guess, just stay on Ellie's side, Ellie's perspective. This, so whoever's, whoever's about to play Abby is going to, I hope they have a lot of <laughs> like strength because I'm sure 
I mean, hopefully it won't be as bad as how people treated the the actors of this video game. I hope not, but just the behavior of some fans, I'm kind of worried. Uh, I mean, but I I think the show. I'm not also in another 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 side of it. I guess I'm not too worried thinking about how good the show does at um, humanizing decisions that are made by the characters in the show. Uh, like even if some something somebody does is messed up, like we know we can understand why they, they're great at developing those relationships and dynamics and their backstory. So we, we understand why they have to do the things they do. So I, I'm also trusting them to be able to, in a really cool creative way, convey to the audience why Abby does the thing she does and why Ellie does the thing she do and why neither of them right are right or wrong. Um, but yeah, hopefully people just behave. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our first live stream of 2023. I'm so blessed and happy to have my daughter in town. She's done such a great job house sitting and just being here. My wing person, my person. Oh boy. Okay. I won't get too <laughs> deep. She gets, she gets a little embarrassed. Big shout outs to John though, who gave her a nice little shout out for being a college graduate at our wedding mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I will never forget your face in that. Um, as always, big shout outs to our sponsors out there, the Believe Podcast Network, betonline.ag. As always, rabbitcomics.com for all your favorite variants and slams. Title Boxing Club here in Greensboro, North Carolina for the best cardio workout in town. On behalf of everyone on Zero Dark Nerdy, this is Brian. This is Jordan. And we'll see you next time. And anger management? Fuck anger management. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.